Good afternoon and welcome to Blast Beats and Bicycles here at 91.7 FM WMCN, McAllister College Radio in St. Paul, Minnesota. Really excited to be joined by the team members of Corpse Whale Racing, Lucy, Ashley, and Aaron are in studio. How are you guys doing? Great. We're <laughs> doing really good. <laughs> pretty good. We had pancakes before. You had pancakes. All right. Well, we are living the dream. I'm really glad you were all willing to come in on the show and excited to have our partnership, you know, to promote each other. I'm looking forward to having you do some race updates throughout the summer from the velodrome and having my logo on your kit. That's super exciting. So thank you for that. Show and for doing all the stuff that you do at the velodrome and the announcements and putting on a bunch of races and being generally supportive of the whole community. Well, thanks. It's nice of you to say, Lucy. So we've got lots of things to talk about. You know, as we do normally on the on the show, we always start out with some velodrome news. Um, the six days of Brisbane are going on right now in Australia. It's the end of the six day series uh, in Europe and Australia, uh, and some interesting stuff going on. There are three teams on the men's side that are tied for the uh, well, essentially tied. They're only four points apart after two nights of racing um, and they are all on the lead lap so uh, lots of exciting stuff going on on the men's side on the women's side Katie Archibald is kind of running away with things she's the only one uh, now over 180 points and uh, she's got about a 22 or three point lead I think over the next closest racer so uh, she's definitely asserting her authority on uh, on the track down there in Brisbane today's the last day uh, excuse me tomorrow's the last day of racing uh, well is it today in Australia tomorrow I don't know it's like they're weird they're like it's one next month ahead. yeah they're it's like next month down there. I don't know. So they could be done and already winter down there. Who knows? Uh, and then, of course, the NSC Velodrome, uh, our home here in Blaine, is going to be starting its victory lap season on May 23rd. Uh, are you guys excited to get up there and start racing? Yeah, just as soon as the snow's gone. <laughs> Uh, I, I don't know that I will be doing a ton of racing myself this year, but excited to support the velodrome, get out there and start doing maintenance um, nice. to actually get it up and running for folks. Yeah, and I'm still recovering from an injury that I got last year on the velodrome, um, and my traumatic brain injury doctor does not want me racing on the velodrome this year. I can't imagine why. <laughs> <laughs> but I will be up there supporting our team and supporting everybody else who's racing and doing maintenance and, and doing other kinds of racing. Well, I would definitely want to get into that a little bit more with you uh, as we go through the show and talk about a little, uh, your recovery process and that kind of thing. Um, of course, we've got the Minnesota Cycling Center uh, is continuing its efforts to secure funding from the legislature. And uh, I'm going to break some news here on the show. Uh, our request for financing was included in the House uh, financing bill from the Government uh, Finance Committee, which is great news. Uh, it's not the number we had asked for. It's a little bit less than what we had asked for, but uh, this is the first time we've been formally included in a, in a piece of legislation that's gone into uh, the committee level. So we're very excited about that. Next step is it will get approved by the Ways and Means Committee, which is the overall appropriations committee for the House of Representatives, and then it will go to the floor of the House for a vote. So all of that's going to happen probably the week after next. They're on break this week and next week, the week after next, it should go to the floor. And then it will go to the conference committee between the House and the Senate. The Senate did not include any funding for us. And so that conference committee is going to be really important to hashing out the details between each of the bills. So there are going to be a lot of differences besides ours in those bills. But uh, we're going to be asking everybody to send letters to those conference committee members. Uh, so you guys are hearing it first, right here on Blast Beats and Bicycles. Yeah, so very exciting news uh, for us <clears throat> in the Minnesota Cycling Center world. Uh, all right. So let's talk about Corpse Whale Racing. First of all, 
that is the most metal team name ever. Mm-hmm. You guys get a ton of credit for putting that together. Who's who came up with that, and what was the what was the backstory on on Corpse Whale? So uh, you may remember Corpse Whale used to be in a different team called Fuerza, mm-hmm. and um, we found out that one of the former members of Fuerza, who had been instrumental in providing that name to the team, had been feeling. Um, upset that we continue to use that name. So as a team, we got together collectively and decided to change our name Mm -hmm. and to to have a different name. And as you can imagine, when you get a team of collective folks, we all got together and had lots of name options. And as a joke, (laughs) one of our members was like, hey, well, our uh, mascot is Gnarly the Narwhal, and Narwhal is Old Norse for corpse whale we could be corpse whale racing and they thought everybody was going to be like no man and unanimously (laughs) we voted yes provided that gnarly our narwhal mascot still got to have a drop of blood on the on the horn on the horn love it yeah it's so good it was really funny when as they're putting together the the discussion topics for the show thursday night i guess it was uh i was watching one of the new episodes of the new our planet show on on netflix Mm -hmm. and what swam across the screen but a pod of narwhals i'm like this is just perfect they're great they're great (laughs) That was really fun. And so uh, talk a little bit about what the goals are for the team, what you guys do together as a group and, you know, kind of what was what's the mission for the team? Our main mission is really to reduce barriers for folks to feel like they can race in the community and that racing looks more representative of the folks who ride bikes and trying to get folks on bikes, trying to um, create a more inclusive community where somebody feels like they can show up to a race and, um, it feel welcoming. It feel like a space where you don't have to have all the lingo, have the best bike and still, um, belong in that space. What does that look like? I mean, in terms of activities that you do to help welcome people and and encourage them to try their first races, what are, what are some of the things that you do as a, as a group? So we host a number of group rides every summer. It's like every other week um, that start off from the hub. And those are very casual sort of group rides, just an opportunity for folks to get involved and start just kind of riding with us. Um, Also do some clinics. Um, So and it's not just us. It's a number of other teams also help host um, kind of beginner clinics for folks, um, even at the start of some races that happens, like Mm -hmm. some of the, the crits that'll be happening this year the early ones that have some just clinics right before. Um, and I think that that just really helps kind of break down those barriers of like, you can even just show up right before the race and mm-hmm. you're going to be okay. Yeah. And the velodrome's a little different because you can't just like show up and race. Right. But um, we do have a very concerted effort to um, get people to the class. Mm-hmm. And I think that the community that we have up at the velodrome, at least for the FCW field is really strong and really supportive. And mm-hmm. we really encourage people to try things. We, do a lot of like gear swaps and gear sharing, which I think like personally has been really big for me because I didn't have all this stuff and it's really expensive. Mm -hmm. You know, the barriers are pretty high to entrance. So anything that we can do to kind of help people um, be able to just show up and do the thing without having all the worries of, you know, is my gear enough? Is my bike going to function? All that stuff is kind of secondary. Mm -hmm. And every year we've also fundraised enough money to be able to sponsor new riders at a race. And so some in the past, um, we uh, were able to sponsor folks to take the, the cycling class to get on the velodrome, and then we'd pay for one race. And last year, um, we ended up 
paying for several races for new riders so that new riders could feel comfortable to come up and not have the race cost be a barrier to them racing. And we also paid for their bike rental fees. And wow. Yeah. You really are going out, I mean, with a conscious effort to try and remove as, as many barriers as, as possible. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's fantastic. What... Uh, as you think about the people that you want to join the team, I know recently you had a, a drive to recruit new members. What are the, what's the audience? Who are the kinds of people that you're, you're looking for to be a part of the team? Um, it changes a little bit year to year. Um, this year, a lot of the new members are folks who have already um, taken the class, are still very much beginners, but um, are looking for more support, more of a community to support them in those races. Uh, in the past, we've done a lot of um, a push for brand new racers. Mm -hmm. um, that's definitely, I think, the team that started were all folks who were like, I've never done this before, um, but I'm looking for a community. Let's do this together. Let's figure out what it means to race bikes together, which, I mean, starting was so helpful because none of us knew what we were doing. <laughs> How many people are on the team right now today? 10? 10? <laughs> <laughs> Don't ask the person with a brain injury. <laughs> do, do you guys have a secretary on the team, someone who actually keeps track of who's who's on the team? We do. Um, <laughs> we, we actually use Airtable. This is very specific, but um, in order to make sure that we know where folks are showing up, mm -hmm. how are we volunteering, where are we um, being present in the community and what races that we're all doing. I'm, I'm interested in learning more about that. I mean, your team is one of the handful of teams that really commits itself to being in the community and doing volunteer work. What is the, the backstory there? I mean, how did you decide that you wanted to have that as a part of the, the core mission? Yep. So this team, the mission is to get more people riding and more people racing and more people feeling comfortable in the community. And that means that we have to show up to the community. And um, it is in our team contract that people have to volunteer. People have to do track maintenance. And if you are unable to race for whatever reason due to injury or travels, um, you do have a commitment to show up at other places and volunteer in the community. That seems like a great way to broaden your connection with the with your audience, too. I mean, it seems like that's a you know, the more you're out there engaging with with people outside of the race venues, it's a great opportunity to be seen and have people say, you know, that seems like an interesting group of people. Yeah. <laughs> With a heavy yes. <laughs> Excellent. And so uh, when you're out there engaging with people, I mean, I'm curious to know what are those other volunteer opportunities? You talked a little bit about, you know, track maintenance and things like that. You talked about some of the clinics. Are there other things that you do in the broader cycling community as well? Um, one of our sponsors is The Hub. And so we, we definitely tend to have a large showing at Hub events, um, mm -hmm. even just doing like bike ballet uh, showing up at races, um, helping out with the fixed gear classic. We usually have several kind of volunteer shifts there. Mm -hmm. Um, other than that, Powderhorn 24, um, several of the team members are either, um, running Powderhorn 24 <laughs> or helping with stops. Uh, just really thinking, I think we're all very passionate about the cycling community. And so it's not so much, you know, we have this we have this requirement that's kind of our bare minimum. And I think the entire team tends to go way above and beyond that because we're just so excited for this community and to be out there and um, making it grow, making it more inclusive. Um, 
I think that's really where we have a lot of passion. Mm -hmm. And generally, if there's been a call for help or a call for folks needed, uh, we show up. And so you remember we showed up. We've shown up to the Southside Sprint Mm -hmm. to help captain or marshal the race. We've shown up to other teams, uh, crit clinics or other teams clinics. Um, We've shown up to put on gravel clinics. Amanda has done a lot of work training new riders through the Seward Montessori Oh, Seward Montessori, um, and we've done some cycles for change training rides and lots of other stuff. And usually if somebody's like, hey, we need help, somebody on our team will <laughs> be there. show up in a yeah. corpse whale with gnarly on the yeah. on the jersey, right? Um, so as someone comes to an event that your team is hosting for the first time, you know, heard about you through the community, whatever, what's that experience like for that person showing up for the first time? So I'd say it's, you know, it's a pretty welcoming space, or at least we try to make it as welcoming as possible. Um, Definitely really conscious of, you know, what people's uh, preferred pronouns are. So we usually always go around and introduce ourselves with those preferred pronouns. Um, Just try to normalize that, like, this space is not just for, you know, like, super heteronormative sort of um, identities. And that's, you know, that's a big focus. And um, we're talking a lot recently about how can we make the space even more welcoming and safe for people um, because there's not a lot of spaces like that in the bike community outside of um, explicitly FTW teams. Um, and like, for example, there's a lot of uh, events that uh, are revolving around alcohol. So team rides mm-hmm. will end at a brewery or team rides will end at a at a place that's serving alcohol. Um, our team has decided not to do that so much this year so that we can be inclusive to folks um, who don't drink or where that might be a, a barrier for them going, might not be old enough to go. Um, I'm in recovery, so I don't like to go to those places. <laughs> and it sounds like that is an important part of you know welcoming people for the first time. What are some of the specific activities that you do around training to help people kind of understand what it takes to become a cyclist? How do you help them sort of in a very technical way become better educated about cycling? So as we, you know, I previously mentioned about like gear sharing, we also do a lot of skill sharing. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, like clinics are also kind of a a skill sharing event. Um, Mm -hmm. So Amanda's been leading these uh, crit clinics on Thursdays. And the idea is not that she's like telling people what to do. It's more like, come, we'll share our knowledge together. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think it's, you know, it's not just our team who is doing this. Again, it's like we're, we're really supportive of other teams that are also doing this and trying to show up to those because, even if you like think that you know everything, you can be a good resource for people who don't know anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, going to an event and like you see people who are new, I feel like we're all pretty good at being like, hey, you look like you're new, not in like a, hey, like, <laughs> let me tell you how to do things. But like, do you need any support? Mm-hmm. Um, and very actively trying to make sure that people feel welcome and that they can get help if they need it. Mm-hmm. And so one example of that is when we do our social rides through the Hub Bike Co-op. We do a go-around at the beginning where we share uh, information about who we are. Uh, We have codes of conduct. And so we ask folks to adhere to codes of conduct during the ride, mainly being kind to people, non-judgmental, using inclusive language, trying not to exclude anybody, not to call anybody out on their gear or lack thereof. And then we have a ride leader who's usually leading the ride. We have a sweeper who's at the end to make sure that everybody's there. 
And then several other team members will be along the ride to be sort of going up and down through the group and checking in with folks, meeting new people, inviting them to other events, inviting them to the velodrome and stuff like that. Sounds like a prerequisite for being on the team is being an extrovert. <laughs> <laughs> able to fake it um that the, there are spaces where it's like maybe the person who who needs the support isn't the person who's gonna be out there but needs somebody to stand next to him and be like hey how's it going what's going on yeah and just have that one-on-one -on -one moment that mm -hmm. it, sometimes the way to connect with a person who's feeling like they don't belong is to notice who's not um in the kind of big group putting themselves out there um i know that that was definitely me when i started racing was it was like I don't, I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, everyone else seems way better at this than me. And having somebody be like, no, you're cool too. Um, in that sort of not so extroverted way was really helpful for me. It can be an intimidating space. I mean, you mentioned that earlier, Aaron, that, that the cycling community can be a sort of intimidating, somewhat insular world. I mean, it's kind of an insider's club. Um, so I'm sure there are a lot of people that are really grateful for a group like yours that will welcome them, you know, from where they are kind of thing. That's, that's pretty important. What, uh, what kinds of training rides do you go on? I mean, do you have different levels of rides that you do for people or is it pretty much you're going to do our social rides from the hub and then we're going to do our hard training at the track? Is that kind of how it works or what's the What's your training regimen look like as a team? So are you asking, are you asking like team specific or yeah. people who are interested? Yeah. So team specific, you know, do you have a, a regular training regimen that you do as a group on a regular basis? Yeah. So one of the great things about our team is everybody, we meet everybody at their level. And some folks on our team are really interested in racing and racing hard. And some folks are interested in riding and racing a couple races. And so we uh, collectively post, we have a racing we use Slack and we have different channels. And so we have a training, we have a training channel and folks can go on there and be like, Hey, I'm going to be doing these training rides this week. Anybody want to come? Um, we also have a ride channel. Hey, I'm going to go for a ride. Does anybody want to do a, like a two hour recovery ride on Friday? We're going to go get ice cream. You know? <laughs> Say so that a little louder. Lucy. So we're going to go get ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> but so it's pretty chill and it's, we meet everybody where they're at where they want to go. Um, and so some of our folks sort of partner up and do training throughout the winter. Um, I know Maggie and folks are doing a Bush, Mark, Marcus Bush, Marcus Bush's, Marcus yep. Bush's mm -hmm. uh, spin class. Yep. Um, and they're really into it. Um, I'm Good. a member at the YWCA and used to train at the fix before I was injured. And folks were welcome to come with me to stuff at the Y and at the fix. Aaron trains at... Um, Kana and has invited folks to join her and yeah yeah I would say it's it's really just about like inviting people to join you if they want to um and I, I feel like we do a lot of um good like cross training into other things like we went to what the Minneapolis building project like yeah. a couple months ago just for fun as a big group and that was really fun something different to do um and there's various members of the community that also just post up rides and mm -hmm. you know I, I feel like the community is really great about just like openly inviting folks to join them. Um, and I feel like we yeah, have a varying group of people that do different things. Mm -hmm. I would say that the track component maybe isn't as organized <laughs> as like the actual like rides, just because it is kind of a hassle to get up there. And yep. some people are up there every weekend and some people aren't. So um, just kind of keeping each other updated and being like, hey, going up. 
who want to come. And you're obviously very heavily involved in racing up at the at the track. Um, you have been involved in some crits, some criterium races as well. Are there other races or rides that you do in an organized fashion as a team? You know, I think there are folks doing pretty much everything. Um, fat bike racing in the winter, um, some mountain biking, some gravel races, uh, not a ton of road races, but if there's if there's something happening, there's probably somebody who has some general interest in it um, throughout the year. Not a ton of cyclocross, but now um, with some of our new members, I think that might change. And so really anything, somebody's probably going to be doing it. <laughs> I, I get the sense that you're not just team members, but you're also friends. It seems like you've really built a camaraderie yeah. in the team. Absolutely. I think a lot of us, that was almost more important than the racing was finding a community and finding people to support you and to have fun with. And that racing isn't very fun if you're doing it alone, that it's that moment of celebrating a team member who's doing something and pushing themselves a little farther than they've gone before or finishing a race um, is sometimes just as big of a celebration as coming in first. And that was always really important to us that we were going to celebrate people where they're at and what they're doing that day. Um, not just who's winning that race. Mm -hmm. The uh, obviously putting a team together is an expensive proposition. You've got kit to buy and, you know, races to pay for and that kind of thing. I know you've got a number of sponsors on the team. Talk a little bit about who they are and what they do for you. Great question. <laughs> <laughs> um, so sponsors that we have, the uh, big one is the hub, um, which is our shop sponsor. We do a ton of partnering with them and they really help. Um, reduce some of those barriers for us. They've been an incredible um, partner with us. Um, we view um, <laughs> the uh, Cryptid Hair um, is sponsoring us this year. Um, Spoils of Wear, um, which is a sustainable um, clothing on Selby. Hmm. Um, Moon Palace Books. Um, this is the third year that they've sponsored us. Uh, Issy Pedals has been a sponsor from the beginning. We're very excited to keep riding their pedals and forgetting one. Anybody? Hmm. Anyone? Bueller. We'll think of it. <laughs> uh, you know, what's interesting to me is that almost all of those sponsors, with a couple of exceptions, are outside the bike world. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of teams you'll see riding around and it's nothing but bike gear uh, on their on their kits. How did mm -hmm. you find some of those sponsors and connect with some of those non-traditional cycling sponsors? Especially um, in the last couple of years, we've really been thinking about aligning our sponsors with people who we feel like are doing good work. Um that are co-ops, that are women, trans, femme-owned businesses, uh, and that we are thinking about who do we want to rep and um, what does that say about the community. The Twin Cities is so exciting and has so many good community uh, partners that we were really excited to find those and um, just think outside the box. Mm -hmm. Do something a little bit different that's not... Uh, traditional cycling community related. You guys are passing notes. This is like third grade in here. Holy cow. <laughs> I have a brain injury and can't remember who makes our kit, oh. but they are also our sponsor. <laughs> Uh, uh, Pactimo is also a right. sponsor. Right. That's a pretty big one. They're your clothing yes. sponsor, yeah, right? Yeah. Yep. 
And uh, and you guys are, are about to release your new kit. Have you seen the, the final designs yet? We have. We're going to be getting it ooh, a couple weeks, two weeks maybe. Um, so we're really excited about that. It'll look similar to last year's, but some um, color updates that we're excited about. It's pretty Heavy. It's Fun. snazzy metal. <laughs> <laughs> well, anytime you've got blood dripping on a bike kit, that's about as metal as it gets. <laughs> if you just joined us, you're listening to Blast Beats and Bicycles here at 91.7 FM, McAllister College Radio, WMCN in St. Paul, Minnesota. We're here in studio with the Corpse Whale Racing Team. Uh, promotional partners uh, for this year, they're going to be doing some race updates and season previews for the show each week from the velodrome. Uh, and uh, as a uh, extension of that, we're going to be promoting them on the show. By the way, I need your logo still so I can put it up on the website. So you guys got to send me <laughs> send me the logo. Off off topic, but anyway, um, we've got a public service announcement that we have to uh, in, invite all of you to pay attention to. So if you're coping with anxiety, they've got there are some essential anxiety management skills available here at McAllister. Uh, what can I do when I have a panic attack in the middle of class? So this four session group is open to all students. Whether you have a diagnosis of anxiety or depression, or if you are stressed and just want some better coping strategies, Tuesdays from 3 to 4 p.m., April 9th through the 30th. So the first one has already started this week. Uh, for a required pre-group meeting, contact Mia Nasanow at the Hamry Health and Wellness Center at Nasanow, N-O-S-A-N-O-W, at McAllister.edu. Uh, so we've been talking about the Corpse Whale team. There are a couple of other teams in the community that are focused in the racing community. They're focused on FTW uh, members. Um, talk a little bit about what those groups are like to be collaborators with in growing the community, but competitors on the racetrack. What's that? Is that does that change the dynamic when you're out shoulder to shoulder with them? So I can speak to this a little bit. Um, I helped found one of those other teams um, called Valkyrie Collective Cycling. Um, the second most metal team. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's a theme here. Um, I would say that there's not, I don't want to say that we're not competitive, but I would say that it comes from much more of like a supportive competitive mm -hmm. competitiveness, um, at least at the track. Like we're all really, really supportive of each other. Um, I love riding with the FTW field. It's honestly really inspiring and they're super wonderful. Um, I love being able to support the uh, FTW like four and five field. Um, and we all just like get up and cheer. We're like super excited when people do really good things and you can like tell that someone's improved. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I don't know. Lucy's got something to say. So um, I don't know if you can hear all the chatter that happens when folks are actually racing <laughs> off of the field. Um, but when you're on the field, you might hear you know, this happened a lot the last season that I was racing, like Brie, who is on Coachella and I were very evenly matched and we were competing in almost every race. <laughs> and you'd hear Brie go, come on, Lucy. And I'd be like, oh, you got this, Brie. Come on, Brie. And we'd be cheering each other on while we were actually competing for first or second place. That, it's a different conversation in men's fields. I can tell I'm you that sure. from personal experience. It's a very different conversation. <laughs> and I think... A lot of the teams, like we're we're excited to have a bigger field. Mm -hmm. Like we want there to be more people. We want there to be a bigger um, number of people to compete against. That we're always just really excited when somebody is on a team. When um, the field is uh, being able to split the field at the velodrome is incredible. And so um, even for Corpse Well, I mean Valkyrie Collective kind of came out of came out of of. Yeah. of 
seeing people what we couldn't have on it like we 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 were kind of maxed out of how many people we could support on a team and to say hey maybe form a new team um which is kind of how corporal came about which is a lot of us applied for Coachella and couldn't all make it and we were told like hey think about making your own team and that's how we came about and so continuing to grow the field it is competitive we you know folks do want to do well but not at the expense of people not feeling like they don't belong. Mm -hmm. And were you instrumental or specifically helping Valkyrie Collective in particular get started? Did you help them go through the process of all of that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, So Tegan and Anna Schmitz actually were really, really helpful. They were kind of our mentors when we started the season, Mm -hmm. Um, sat down with us like and explicitly were like, here's the steps that you need to take to start a team. And Honestly, I don't think that I would have stuck around if we hadn't had that kind of guidance. I was like very on the fence about doing this whole thing anyway. It mm-hmm. kind of seemed really out of my wheelhouse. Yeah. Didn't know what I was doing. And <laughs> um, I think we all felt like that when mm-hmm. we started. But the mentors that we have in the community are so instrumental in like continuing the community's growth. And I think that that's so unique here. Um, and just like how selfless people are in providing their time and their expertise and their knowledge to make sure that other people can succeed is like absolutely spectacular. I'm curious to know uh, each of your origin stories in cycling. How did you get to where you are today? How did you get started in cycling and how did you get to where you are today? So my first bike I got in Mexico when my mom bought it from a flea market and it was a a red, rusty, uh, ape hanger, banana seat, didn't work very well bike, <laughs> but I loved it because it would get me so many places. How um, old were you? Little. <laughs> 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 um, and then I've always, like, bike riding was a, a thing that was transportation for me. In the 90s, um, I was an unaccompanied minor and didn't have money for the bus, And so I had like a series of bikes that would sometimes get picked up by the cops because they weren't licensed in Minneapolis. Mm. You had to have a license. Um, But um, fast forward to adult life, I started um, riding endurance uh, uh, races because there weren't any FTWs who were racing them. And I got pretty irritated. (laughs) Um, My first one was the West Side Dirty Benjamin, and I got there, and I was one of, I can't remember what year this is because I have a brain injury and I can't remember (laughs) stuff, but I got there, and I was one of, like, 10 out of 250 people, 10 FTWs who were signed up, and I was the only person of my size, and I am 5'4", I weigh 209 pounds. I'm a pretty large uh, femme person, and... uh, uh, one person who is a very kind person um, patted me on the head and said, good for you for trying. Wow. And it was really demeaning. <laughs> wow. And they didn't mean it that way. Yep. But I rode 107 miles and wow. it took me 11 hours. <laughs> and it was horrifying. <laughs> <laughs> but I kept going and that was like my first big race. I mean, I did alley cats and stuff up until that point, but that was the first thing that like ever really, truly challenged me. Yeah. And and prior to joining uh, this team, I did only endurance races. Um, so anything that was, I did a lot of 100 miles, 150 miles, uh, 24-hour races. 
And then um, one of my racing friends, Ray, got diagnosed with Lou Gehrig's disease. And when he, before he died, I promised him that I would do a thing that scared me every year. And the one thing that scared me was racing on the velodrome. <laughs> that's how I got here. Wow. Ashley, how about you? Um, I am pretty new to racing. I mean, I, I think I pretty much immediately joined the team when I was trying to start. My first real race was Babes in Bike Land. Babes and in I, Bike Land, yeah. And I showed up and I rode with three people I'd never met before. And it was so incredible, people cheering each other on. And I just had this feeling of like, I want to be part of this community. Oh my gosh, this is so amazing. Um, and I saw some folks wearing the Coachella kit. And I was like, they seem cool. <laughs> <laughs> so I decided I was going to, and they were like, well, we, we do track racing. And I'm like, that sounds terrifying. Um, sure. Sign me up. Um, You know, went through their process, didn't get on the team, but had this moment of like, hey, here's 10, 12 people who all wanted to do this. Um, Form your own team. And from there, it was all all folks who who are really passionate about doing something that scared them. And none of us, I think, were super excited about the velodrome, not in, not in like a not super excited, but like very intimidated that this seems so scary. Yeah. Um, but let's do it together. And I don't think I would have ever done the velodrome without them. Hmm. Um, and not without the team pushing me to do something that terrified me. Um, and, uh, so I just kind of jumped into racing both feet first and, <laughs> um, not great at it, but that's okay because sometimes just showing up is really huge. Um, and it's okay to lose. It's okay to be last. And sometimes being last is a huge accomplishment because you finish the race. Yeah. I remember my first couple of seasons of racing. I just said, you know what? I'm going to finish every race. I got lapped 700 times in a 40 lap race. And I was okay with that just because I was learning and out there. And, you know, like you said, overcoming that sort of fear of, you know, a very terrifying experience. What about you, Aaron? Um, yeah. Okay. So like most kids, I had a bike as a child. Um, I think my, my first like real bike, we were talking about real bikes, quote unquote, you know, no training wheels, um, was this like chunky old mountain bike that I got secondhand from my neighbor. Um, so I'm from New Mexico, so you can't really ride like a road bike cause your tire would be instantly punctured <laughs> <Flattened>, by yeah. <laughs> goat heads. And <laughs> we would like, you know, rip around on these like old chunky bikes. And I remember bringing that bike to college and I actually came here to McAllister, um, and one summer it like was locked up on the bike rack and then it was taken and I was like, okay, well, okay. So I didn't have a bike for a while. Um, I ended up studying abroad in Denmark and I rode a bike the entire time I was there. That was my mode of transportation. And it was incredibly inspiring. And I came back to the, to the States and I was like, oh my God, I, I'm going to do this. I'm going to like bike all over the place. Um, and I didn't really, cause I was still in school. <laughs> it turns out like you're kind of busy when you're doing that. Um, but one of my first jobs out of college, I actually worked at Lululemon with Tegan, like let that sink in, always kind of blows me away. Um, <laughs> but she suggested that I apply to be on Corpse Whale because I was like bike commuting and I was like, oh, I really like biking. And I don't know, I was like very on the fence about the whole thing. Um, I was a college athlete, so I was like looking for another kind of team space. Um, had never done any bike races really before. I'd done like one triathlon, which doesn't. Feels like it doesn't really count now. <laughs> um, <laughs> right, right. Um, and so I ended up applying to Corpse Whale. I actually didn't get on Corpse Whale initially. Um, 
started a team with some other people, just like kind of how Corpse Wheel came about. Um, been racing for a couple of years now. Um, now I'm on the team. And I yeah, like Ashley, I can't really believe that I'm doing this thing because mm-hmm. I'm not someone who tries lots of like crazy stuff. I like want to be that person. And mm-hmm. like, like, oh my gosh, you're doing this crazy thing now. And it kind of blows my mind. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah I'm doing that, huh? <laughs> yeah. You, uh, I'm, I'm curious, you, you talk about being inclusive, yet there's a, a, a structure around the team that limits the number of people who can functionally be a part of the group. How do you balance that, you know, need to bring people in and, and cultivate that with the need for the team to be sort of cohesive and functional? So we've limited our membership to a, a group that's small enough that we can support everybody on the team. But we also support a lot of other teams by showing up to their events. And we try to sponsor folks outside of the team. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, the folks that we sponsored last year and paid for their races, they weren't on our team. Wow. They were either new riders. They might have been on a different team and Mm -hmm. needed some help paying for the races or not on a team. Mm -hmm. Um, We the folks that we sponsored in the past getting into the class, they also weren't on our team. Hmm. They were new riders. Wow. That's great. So you certainly are not restricting yourselves to the boundaries of the team in helping build people into racers. Yeah, I think a lot of our events are definitely uh, focused on the community outside of the team, that there are things that we do with the team, but most of our events, our rides are open and we're trying to bring people in. We're trying to get them connected where it makes most sense for them to be connected. Mm Mm-hmm. As, as you start to think about the 2019 racing season, each of, a, each of you has a different sort of approach to the season, especially this season. Uh, and Lucy, with your uh, brain injury, mm-hmm. where are you with your cycling and what's what are your plans for the season this year? Yeah, so last year was a bummer because I had big plans. I had trains pretty hard all year because I was going to do the day across Minnesota. It was wow. my big race. Mm-hmm. And I had several other endurance races planned and track races. And I crashed during uh, training at the velodrome and got a brain injury, a fractured a rib, and got a fracture on my pelvis. Ooh. And was out of work for over a month and then was supposed to be out of work for three months but couldn't afford to not be working. Wow. So I sold my mountain bike because I can't mountain bike anymore. Mm. Uh, my traumatic brain injury doctor said I should not get a concussion. Again. It seems like a good counsel. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I really want to get on the velodrome. I miss being on the velodrome. I love the feeling of flying around that bowl. I love the camaraderie and I just love hearing the boards. Like it kind of makes me want to cry just thinking of those memories, like the sun on your face mm-hmm. and the sound of the boards rippling under your wheels. Um, I don't think that I can get on during a race. I might try to get on. We'll see just by myself. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's a hard thing to come back from. Have you been on the bike at all? Yes. I, was, I couldn't ride this winter because um, I couldn't hit my head. I rode a little, like a couple miles before winter hit. Uh, just a couple of very short rides, mm-hmm. which were hard. Uh, my brain doesn't respond the way that it used to. And like when I I have symptoms when my heart rate elevates and then sometimes the symptoms are just me having a delayed response. Hmm. Um, and so I ride with other people. Um, I did my longest ride ever a couple, not ever, but since the injury, since the injury yeah. uh, 
Friday, the before Friday, and I had a friend come with me to make sure, and we rode. I was trying to get to Stillwater, but ended up only doing 40. Not only. I did 40 miles. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, that's a pretty impressive journey. Yeah. It's hard when um, the ride to Stillwater used to be my easy ride. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I used to be able to go to Stillwater and back in about three hours. Wow. And that was like easy for me. Wow. And I can't do that anymore, which yeah. is hard to realize. So is your, is your relationship with your bike changed? I mean, like, sort of um, emotionally? It- I mean, my track bike is still hanging in the garage and I haven't touched it since the crash yeah. other than to realize that it's totaled. Mm. So that's too bad. Yeah, that's too bad. But um, So what yeah. are you thinking for this summer? What are your, what are your goals relative to cycling? I'm going to do Riot Gravel, and I signed up for the 33-mile, mm-hmm. and I, in previous years, have ridden my bike to Riot Gravel, raced Riot Gravel, and ridden my bike home. I will not be doing that <laughs> this year. <laughs> um, I don't just, understand people like you. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you know, I don't either, and I am me. <laughs> so I'd like to do a century. I'm going to do Riot Gravel. I'll probably do some long rides and mm-hmm. do a lot of support at the velodrome. That's great. That's great. Ashley, what about you? What are your plans and thoughts and goals for the summer? Uh, We'll see. I'm, I uh, had about like two years of trying to figure out um, injury stuff after an accident where I had some bulging discs in my neck and a torn labor in my shoulder. It took about a year and a half to diagnose. Um, And so uh, sometimes that means that I have a hard time putting pressure on my shoulders still. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to watch it. And so I'm trying to come back this year and actually race. Uh, I did one mountain bike race last year. Um, and so just trying to play it by ear and see what I'm physically able to do without being in pain for the rest of the week. Mm-hmm. Um, because sometimes it's you can do something, but you're going to pay for it. And how much can I pay for it? Mm-hmm. So hoping to do crits and... Um, Mountain bikes, on, mountain biking on my fat bike um, is kind of the plan, and we'll see how everything else goes. What about you, Aaron? I wish that I was cool like Lucy and could stand to ride more than like thirty miles, but uh, <laughs> turns out I'm with you. <laughs> Shut it! You're totally cool like Lucy. <laughs> um, yeah, definitely not one of those people who loves super long endurance rides. So. Track is great for me because I love speed and going around very quickly and being done. Um, <laughs> so definitely going to focus on track this summer and just mm-hmm. try to like enjoy every last minute of it. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty bummed that it won't be around for some amount of time, hopefully, fingers crossed. Yep. Um, but yeah, I don't know, just trying to embrace it and let myself have a little bit more fun. I think I've been a little stressed out about track riding in the past, um, just putting myself under undue pressure. And I, I really want to just be willing to kind of um, be bold and, mm-hmm. and race hard and have fun. Um, I do want to try some cyclocross this fall. I'm saying it now so that I can be <laughs> held accountable. Um, Got to get a bike set up for that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, yeah, again, I wish that I loved long distance riding and wanted to ride <laughs> gravel rides. Maybe if they're like 10 miles, I'm like, woo, okay, we're done. But um, yeah, just being outside as much as possible. Um, You're going to ride with me. Yeah, I'm going to ride with Lucy. We're going to crush it. That sounds great. 
It's, it, it seems like the, the team is really welcoming and open to lots of different activities. You've been focused on the track for a long time. Um, what does the future look like for the team? I mean, after the, the track is closed to this season, where do you feel like the team will go? I think that's still up in the air. Um, depending on at the end of the season, where do we still have um, energy to kind of make that move? Are we going to switch to uh, a more open kind of not discipline specific team? Um, I would be very sad for it to go away. And I, I, I'm myself, I'm cautiously optimistic that we will still have folks who want to continue to find spaces for us to make sense in the community. Mm -hmm. Um, But that wouldn't look the same as it does now. And so I think we're still kind of in conversations to figure out what is it going to look like or um, where are folks wanting to put energy? Mm -hmm. You know, and I can, I can say, as a race promoter, someone who puts on races and sees the numbers of people who are participating, there's a real need for teams like uh, Corpse Whale to continue to help make space and welcome people to the sport because it's, you know, it's can't do it on its own. And numbers across the board are lower and lower each year in the racing scene. And so, you know, sort of selfishly, I really want you to continue as a team. I want you to broaden your horizons and continue because I think there are there's a need for people like you and and the team in the in the community, so you guys can't leave. Oh. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> yeah. Plus, this is the first year I've actually got my logo on a kit. It's like this can't be one and done. This has got to be a lifelong partnership, right? Right. <laughs> uh, so one of our slogans, our team slogans, is "Your best is good enough," and it's it's really. Um, telling that our team really believes that like mm-hmm. everybody shows up where they're at and what they can do and tries their best. And that's, that's all we want for folks. And if your best is showing up, that's your best man. And that's great. <laughs> and if your best is starting awesome, if your best is finishing also awesome. If you finished first, great. If you finish last, fantastic. Because <laughs> <laughs> the person who finished last spent a lot more time out there. <laughs> that's a very good <laughs> point. <laughs> That's a very good point. Yes. <laughs> and so we've got races that are going to start this week, theoretically, assuming that the snow is all gone from the state fair. Are any of you going to do the uh, first state fair crit? That's the plan. Um, I'm going to be in that beginner field because I'm still very much a beginner. Um, I think uh, we'll see how it goes, but I'm excited for those state fair um, races and trying to get Aaron to go with me. <laughs> Got to get a bike and then we'll be there. <laughs> I have a bike you can borrow. <laughs> it doesn't sound like you're going to have many excuses left, Aaron. <laughs> and how many how many people on the team are going to be out there for that first race? Do you know, Ashley? You and Aaron so far? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think we... Uh, it depends. I think probably three is probably a good estimate but mm-hmm. um you know i can just put everybody and be like hey team you should come to this race first of the season <laughs> have, have you done a criterion before ashley i have um okay. i've done a couple and you know solo efforts mm-hmm. that's fine <laughs> <laughs> sometimes it's a time trial right right and that's that's good good practice absolutely what are some of the things that you're hoping to to learn as you go through some of these criteriums this summer how to st- stick with the pack would uh-huh. be great. Um, right. 
you know, I, I think the state fair crits are so great because with the beginner fields, you're able to have a coach, mm-hmm. which I think some of us didn't realize for like a year. Um, and I, I had somebody yell at me during a race who was coaching. They said, you're working too hard. You need to be in an easier gear. And I switched gears. and I was like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> you're my hero. <laughs> Thank you so much. This makes so much sense. And having someone be like, you need to get a little closer. You can do this. Push yourself mm-hmm. a little harder um, in a race can just be awesome because when you drop off the back of that field, it's really easy to slow down. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's just by the nature of not being in the field anymore in, in large measure. Right. Right. And if you can't see anybody, if you're, if you're getting lapped <laughs> and you're yep. like, okay, I'm just going to have this nice um, leisurely bike ride. <laughs> yeah. It's psychological challenge is, you know, it's out of sight, out of mind, and, and it, it happens in a hurry, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. And so uh, are you going to be doing any other types of racing this summer? I mean, are there other big events that you're sort of targeting? Um, I'm signed up to do the Dairy Roubaix. Um, I'm planning to do the Sealy pre-fat bike, mm-hmm. uh, which I did last year. Mm-hmm. Um, DFL. Um, <laughs> yes, yes, it was my first mountain bike race, and I'd only mountain biked three times before that. Good for you. Um, so it was terrifying, yeah. um, and it was a lot of uh, solo introspection in the woods. <laughs> <laughs> um, also doing, I think we're all doing Raya Gravel. Mm-hmm. So uh, I got a fat bike last year, and I'm really enjoying that and and taking that out um it's a lot less pressure on my shoulder mm-hmm. so i've been doing quite a a lot with that so did you get a, a cake bike i don't have no. one no i got a a demo bike from a fleet nice um which finding a bike that bike small enough to fit me um i had to like bite off some dads who wanted it for their kids, <laughs> their kids yeah <laughs> <laughs> Well, Ashley's a giant. <laughs> <laughs> they had giant children. <laughs> and Aaron, what about you? What are some of the goals that you have in terms of rides and races to do this year? I feel like I don't have as maybe uh, concrete as go- of goals other than stuff at the track. I definitely am going to sign up for Riot Gravel, ride that. Um, I, yeah, I'd like to try some cyclocross races. I watched a ton of cyclocross this last fall and had mm-hmm. so much fun heckling people. <laughs> I'm not very good at heckling, but I'm really good at saying lame motivational things. So <laughs> really excited to be on the other receiving end of that. Um, I, yeah. Oh, yeah. Heckling yeah. kindly. That's yeah. a trick, isn't it? Yeah. Somebody gave me a megaphone at Donkey Cross and the. Yeah, that was like the real, real best time of my life. I had so much fun. And, you know, as you as you think about the people who are coming onto the team this year, are there some people that you're particularly excited about seeing out there and racing? Are they going to be mostly focused on their own riding or is it going to be a lot of racing people as well? So my former teammate, now another new teammate, Maggie, um, is coming back from a pretty serious injury and is going to be riding a lot this summer. And I'm super excited to see them. Um, just come into their own this summer because mm-hmm. it, it has been, you know, a uphill battle for them to like be healthy again. Yeah. And um, I'm just really excited to see what they do. How many new people are on the team altogether? I think it's four. <laughs> <laughs> Hard moly count. <laughs> uh, so it's Aaron, Maggie, Cadence, mm-hmm. Hannah. I think that's, that's it. it. Yeah. 
Welcome. That's not it. They're great. Everybody's great. Everybody's great. (laughs) And and so how often do you get together off the bike? I mean, do you guys spend a lot of time together off the bike? Uh, We meet monthly, Mm -hmm. uh, formally, Mm -hmm. um, and then riding and doing things and doing rides I are, happen pretty regularly. Aaron and I live half a mile from each other, so um, that's awesome. St. <laughs> Paul is great. Easy, easy way to start a ride. Right. right. Who, whose house are we going to start the ride from? Right. Excellent. Well, it's been fantastic having you guys in the studio. It's really been, uh, I've, I've really enjoyed getting to know you in more detail and the club. I'm really excited for our partnership uh, throughout the summer. Have you started thinking about what your race reports and your recaps are going to be like in the summer? They're going to be great. <laughs> Super interesting. Yes. Um, engaging. Uh, everyone's going to be on the seat of the seat of their pants. Right. Is that seat the right? Bike shorts. <laughs> On their bike seat. On their bike seat. They'll be on on their bike seat. Okay. Um, Reports will be coming from our bike seat. (laughs) I, you know, I'm going to hype that. Um, They're going to be, it's going to be so good. (laughs) We probably should talk about the structure of that, shouldn't we? We We should, yeah. We really haven't talked about it. This could just be complete free form. I'm just going to turn on the recorder and walk away and (laughs) see what happens. Yeah, Yeah, it'll be, that'll be great. You would come to a recording of me pretending to be my bike seat and giving you a <laughs> <laughs> It's going to be a living art piece. <laughs> There'll be an inter- uh, interpretive dance, which I really don't know that Excellent. will um, transfer it, well to the radio. Great for radio. Well, that'll be that'll be perfect. Uh, you, I always do a schedule of an events at the end of the day, and I could not find the date for Riot Gravel. When is it? You guys are all doing it. I think it's May seventeenth. May seventeenth. All right. Um, it's yeah. It's it's mid mid May. A Saturday in mid May. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll we'll find out and we'll put we'll it on out, the website. Yeah. yeah. Um, and how do people learn more about the team? Where where can we send people to learn more about what what the team's doing? So you can check out our Facebook page mm-hmm. um, or our Instagram. I don't think that we have a website. Not at the moment. Not at the moment. We don't have a website. Yeah, don't look for a website. Um, check out the Facebook page. We usually pretty much always have events posted on there. Um, Great. And usually one team or another makes a recurring you know, event for the velodrome that mm-hmm. pops up every Thursday. So you can be reminded to come out. Um, it'd be really great if folks can come out and help support this last season um, at the velodrome. Just you know, we want it to be fun. We want it to be um, enthusiastic and energetic. And um, we want people to come and ask us questions about it. Take the track class if you can. Uh, this will be your last chance for a while. Um, yeah, try something new. Excellent. And if you have kids, do Velo Kids. Right. Velo Kids and Juniors. Are you going to be a part of the uh, the Velo Kids program? Are any of you going to be in, in working on that? Yes, I I don't know who, but I think some Amanda's teaching the new the new writer class, helping okay. teach the new writer class. Fantastic. Um, and we've yeah, and I think also helping with fellow kids. 
Great. Excellent. Well, it's really been really fun having you all here in the studio with me. Thank you for the partnership. Thank you for coming into the studio. Uh, the other events we need to talk about, we talked about the uh, Machinery Hill Crits, which start on the 16th of this month, which is uh, Tuesday night. Then uh, 30 Days of Biking has a Thursday group ride, uh, their weekly Thursday group ride on uh, April 18th. The Meesville 56 is coming up on uh, April 27th. The Ironman bike ride is coming back after a year hiatus on June 15th. And then, of course, the Southside Sprint is on uh, July 21st. And as part of 30 Days of Biking, Perennial Cycle does a pastry ride every Saturday in April. And you wow. can go into their Facebook events. The the ride location is usually a secret, uh-huh. but Luke Breen, the owner of Perennial, will provide a pastry to every person who shows up. That sounds like a perfect opportunity. What time do they start? They start at 9 a.m. from Perennial Cycle. Okay. Well, thank you for making sure that I know about that. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a perfect side trip on my way to the studio every Saturday morning. Oh, yeah. All right, well, we're going to take ourselves out, as we always do, with a little bicycle races. Thanks, everybody. White, you say bar, I say bite, you say shark, I say him and George was never my scene, and I don't like Star Wars. You say Rose, I say Royce, you say God, give me a choice. Say Lord, I say Christ, I don't believe in Peter Pan, Frankenstein, or Superman. Jesus, I don't want to be a candidate for Vietnam.